Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by Jay Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. Do you know the fees you pay on your investment account? How much are they? How often? Are you sure? And if you don't know, shouldn't you? On this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, your host, a 27-year veteran of trading stocks and bonds on Wall Street and managing retirement portfolios for investors, is going to unpack fees so that you can learn exactly what kinds of fee questions you should be asking, where in the investment process those fees are charged, what fees are legitimate and reasonable, every advisor's obligation to clearly disclose fees, and how those fees seem to be hidden from view of the average investor. All this and more as we join our host, retirement designer and tax strategist, Jay Barry Watts, on today's episode of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm your host, Barry Watts, along with my co-host, Eric Burleson. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the retirement side of the podcast as we talk about investing in the fees that you may or may not know that you're paying for management of your investments. So, Eric, let's dig right in and get started. I'm really glad that we're doing this. I think, in a way, we're lifting the curtain because a lot of people don't realize how important these fees are. And so I think it's good that we talk about it. So what's the big deal with fees? Some people might ask. Well, Eric, the big deal is first this, not everybody knows they're paying fees. And sometimes the people who do know they're paying fees don't have really any idea how much they're paying in the way of fees. And we're going to talk about that as we go on through the podcast. But the big deal about fees is the impact they have on your account balance over time. Let me give you an example. Let's say you retire at 65. And you have a million dollars in your account, just to keep things simple. Let's assume that your social security and your pension are large enough that you never need to spend your million dollars. If you lived 30 years and you earn 6% per year, by the time you reached age 95, your account would be worth $5.7 million if you didn't have to pay any fees. So a million dollars grew to 5.7 million. But if you were paying just 2% per year in fees, and many people are paying that and much more, over 30 years, instead of your account growing to be worth $5.7 million, it would only grow to be worth $3.1 million, meaning that your legacy to your family would be diminished by $2.6 million or 45% because of fees. Nearly half of your account's potential vaporized because of fees. Now, not all of that 2.6 million went to the fee. Eric, you're waving me down over there saying, stop, stop, stop. What's the question? And if you're trying to get above inflation, you're barely keeping at zero. Well, I didn't want to bury their heads into the water (laughs) and keep them down there until they blubbered. Right. But yes, you're absolutely right. If you add inflation to your fees at 6%, you're really not growing your account. Right. You're barely staying. You're just a boat in in the ocean 
with no wind. Yeah, that's correct. You're not you're not getting ahead. We said in this case, there's about 2.6 million with the fees in this illustration. And not all of that actually went to fees. Some of that was the lost growth because the fees resulted in lower account balances. So the earnings on the account were less. But regardless of where it went, it's 2.6 million or 45% that you won't have to spend yourself. And it won't go in legacy to your children or your charities when you pass away. So the big message I want you to grasp here to get started is that fees are a huge, big, hairy deal. And yet many people don't even know they're paying fees. Which I find fast, especially when you see sometimes how high some of these fees are. But people glaze over whenever you're talking to them. But it's crazy. Sometimes you wonder, how could they possibly not know that they're paying these fees? Well, denial ain't just a river in Egypt, my brother. There are several reasons I think that people don't know about their fees in general. I think it's the old head in the sand trick, or you said their eyes glaze over. I think they just don't pay attention because fees may and should have been mentioned somewhere along the way, but it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. The topic never comes up beyond the first time it's mentioned, assuming it was mentioned. And then in the future, they don't ask again and their advisor doesn't tell. And so they wake up 10 or 20 years down the road with a quarter or a half million dollars less in their account all because they were living their life listening to that honky-tonk Western swing band asleep at the wheel. <laughs> so many times, it, it seems like the way government taxes people, they love to do it where you don't really see it or it's just already part of the process. And I know we're very transparent with people, but you almost wonder if aren't other investment professionals really discussing their fees that they charge isn't that shouldn't that be part of the the discussion at the very beginning or maybe they're doing it and then they just uh they glaze people glaze over at that point you know i think it's interesting that you mentioned taxes in this related to government since you are a government guy if you're a listener to our podcast new to it you may not know that my co-host is state senator eric burleson who serves in the upper chamber of the missouri legislature and is quite influential in our state politically and Eric, I think it's interesting on a federal level, for example, the taxes that you pay uh, out of your paycheck, weekly, monthly, however often it is, the withholdings that come out of that, both for income taxes, but also for Social Security. If people actually had to sit down once a month and write those checks to the government. Oh, it would be, there would be, people would get pitchforks. Yes, yes. Peasants with pitchforks in the street. And, and so the government, whoever set that up was smart enough to know that we just need to suck it out of there before they get the money and they won't pay any attention. Same thing with your it. property taxes. Yeah. If, if it people goes through had your to pay, if they had to write a check on their property taxes, people would not be passing tax increases on their property. Well, and so that's exactly the way it works with fees. I'm going to assume the best and believe that advisors, most of them uh, are indeed discussing fees with their clients, but it's in the midst of many other topics. And the end result is the client didn't either understand clearly or they simply have forgotten the details. Now, when we're interviewing a new client, maybe it's somebody who reached out to us through this podcast and inquired about the things that we do in becoming our client. One of the things I always ask them is, tell me about the fees you're paying. And I get a wide variety of answers. But sometimes people will say, oh, I don't pay any fees. And they're really insistent when I press in on that, that they do not pay fees. And, and then I'm always burdened with, okay, what do I do now? Do I make them mad by just looking at them and saying, you're wrong? 
because the simple fact is they are wrong or do I let them go ahead in this notion that they've never had to pay a fee? And knowing me, you probably can guess which one I choose. You, you let them know. Yeah, no, I let them know. That's exactly right. I'll tell them that they're wrong because everybody pays fees. And, and when you explain it to them, they begin to understand real quickly. Think about it. There's a company that custodies your account and they invest it and they trade the securities in it and they print the statements and they send you 1099s at the end of the year and they answer the phone when you call the 800 number. Do you really believe that those people are not charging anything? They have to pay the light bill, buy the computer equipment, pay the employees to punch the buttons on the computer. And the only way they can do that is if they're charging fees. So everybody pays fees. Now, you may not know that you're paying fees. You may not know where you pay them or how you pay them or how much you pay. But just rest assured, my naive friend, you are paying fees. So let's get specific. Kind of, are we talking about the commissions or, or what? Let's get more specific into what they're paying. Well, sometimes you may pay a commission. The firm that I'm affiliated with doesn't charge commissions, but there are some firms that do. So first, you really have to understand there are three different kinds of firms in our industry. There are brokerage firms, and those are probably the firms that you're most familiar with by name that have been advertising on television for a million years. Then there are mutual fund companies, and then there are investment advisory firms. And most likely, the investment advisory firms are the firms that you might know the least about and haven't really heard about. Each of these types of firms has a different fee structure. And so I'm going to unpack what the fee structures are kind of on the different firms. Let's start with brokerage firms. This is, by the way, where most of us started in the investment business. 27 years ago, I was trained in and by a firm that was a member of the New York Stock Exchange. And that firm charged a commission for every transaction. You bought a stock or a bond, and you typically paid maybe $300 or $400 when you purchased that stock or bond. That was the commission that was charged for that transaction. If you bought a mutual fund, you typically paid a commission that was referred to as a front-end load. And many years ago, before I came into the industry, those front-end loads were at like 8%. Now, when I came into the industry, they were 5.75%, and they still are today, five and three quarters percent. And I still see that charge, by the way, coming through on people's statements where they've purchased investments not related to us, but from other companies. And you ask them, how much did you pay for this? And they say, well, I didn't have to pay anything for it. And it's like, well, well, let me show you right here where you paid. Because what it means is when you put in $100, $5.75 went to commissions and only $94.25 actually went into the investment. So when you get your, your statement at the first part of the month, the statement typically shows that it's worth less than the amount of money you invested because it's showing the amount after the commission was charged. Yeah. You know, Barry, I worked a lot of my career at a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. A lot of my coworkers in the cubicles down the row, they a lot of them would, would monthly go in and make changes into their 401k, not realizing that every time they were making these changes, they were likely paying a front-end load. Wow. That surprises me that that was uh, set up on a 401k to do it that way. I, I, but I've seen accounts that were structured that way. They just, too many of those these days. But the point that you're making is they didn't know. They weren't aware. They hadn't been informed. 
And so you see brokerage firms not only charge a commission, which is a legitimate way of being compensated as long as it's disclosed, they also sometimes trade from their own account. So if you buy a stock or a bond, the brokerage firm doesn't necessarily go to the open market to fill that order. The shares of stock that they may use to fill the order may come from their own inventory, and they may wind up selling those shares to you at a profit over what they purchased those shares at a few days, few weeks, or a few months earlier. So that's kind of how brokerage firms generally generate revenue. Now let's move to the second kind of firm called a mutual fund. You may have an investment account that is held directly at one of the big mutual fund companies. And there are a couple of them that stand out. I won't mention by name, but if you're cognizant at all of what's going on in the investment industry, you can probably guess which Pennsylvania-based firm or Boston-based firm I might be referring to. In that case, when you purchase your investment from a mutual fund, you may or may not be subject to a front end load like we discussed when we're talking about a brokerage firm. You may have instead have bought a type of investment that had a back end load where you don't pay to get in, but you pay to get out. Or probably more likely, you may have purchased what is called a no load fund where there's no charge on the front end to purchase it and there's no charge on the back end to sell out. Now that sounds too good to be true because they've got to get some fees somewhere. Well, and, and that's really the whole point. But people say, no, it's no load. You don't have to pay. Well, <laughs> yeah, you do pay. You see, just because there's no front end or back end sales charge doesn't mean you get a free ride. All mutual funds have an internal charge called the expense ratio, and it's expressed as a percent. It's a percent charged against the total value of the assets in the account. And it might be 0.5, meaning one half of 1%. So on a $100,000 account, that would be $500 in fees. Or if it was 2.5, and we see that too, that means it's two and a half percent. So on a $100,000 account, that would be $2,500. Now these fees, the internal expense ratio, and notice the word internal, because sometimes we don't see what's internal, it's kind of hidden from us. Those fees, I've seen them as low as 0.1% or less, meaning a tenth of 1%. And I've occasionally seen them as high as 5% or more, but generally they range from about three quarters of 1% up to about two or two and one half percent. You think, okay, well, so I'm paying a fee. That's all there is to it. I get it. No, 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 we're not done. Wait, there's more. Because some mutual funds have what is called a 12B1 fee. 12B1, and typically that is usually a quarter of 1% or 0.25. That's an additional fee on top of the internal expense ratio. And this is actually an additional commission that's paid every year to the brokerage firm that originally sold you the investment. And it's paid to them for continuing to provide you service on that particular investment. So, if it seems that the broker that sold you your investment then went into the witness protection program and you haven't seen or talked to them in years, you might legitimately wonder why you are paying that additional fee or commission every year. So let's just say we're talking two and a half percent. Isn't that just a one time, right? How often? No, no, no. Right? No, no, my naive friend. <laughs> it is every year. So if it's two and a half percent total, or $2,500 on every 100,000, that's a fee that you would pay every year. And as your account grows, the dollar amount on the fee grows. But Eric, I, we're not done yet. There are still more fees we haven't talked about. 
The next fee that you may experience on the mutual fund is what we call a trading cost expense or a turnover expense. You see, a mutual fund is just a big container that holds a large variety of stocks or bonds, maybe 200 to 500 of them. And every day, the managers of those funds are making decisions to buy or sell or hold some of those stocks and bonds. And every time they buy or sell, the fund pays a fee to a brokerage firm to affect the transaction, and that's passed on to the shareholder. So the more actively a fund is traded, the higher the fee it pays. And so one of the things that we look at is what's the turnover rate on the fund? It might be 75, meaning 75% 75 of the securities in this portfolio will be sold and replaced with something else over the year. It might be 180, which means the portfolio is going to turn over not just one time in entirety, but almost two times, 180% turnover in the year. That would be pretty high. But the point is there's a lot of turnover that goes into these funds. And we routinely see trading costs associated from that turnover of anywhere from 0.6 to, oh, let's say 1.25%. That's uh, one and a quarter percent in addition to the expense ratio and the 12B1 fees. So when you total all of these things up together, that's how we sometimes get to a total fee expense of two to 4% per year to manage an account in a mutual fund, even a no load fund, a low expense ratio funds, when you consider their trading costs are often paying more than 1% per year. And here's the interesting thing, Eric, I have never ever talked to a client who knew that they were paying for trading costs. Well, that's crazy. You wonder why people don't know about these costs. Well, uh, I think it's something you referred to earlier. They're hidden, out of sight, out of mind, asleep at the wheel. Because these are not front and center. People just aren't aware of them. So besides the conversations that you may have with your stockbroker or your registered representative or your financial advisor or whatever title they go by, fees are also disclosed in an item that is called the prospectus. It's a big piece of paper and multiple sheets of paper that you get mailed to you. They probably issue most of them electronically these days, I would guess. Now, every fund has a prospectus, and it's often many pages long and very small print, hard to read, hard to understand. It's kind of like reading the tax code. And I'm not sure anyone has ever really fully read a prospectus, and I'm 100% sure that if they did read it, they wouldn't understand everything the prospectus said. But somewhere in that prospectus, I have seen the line which says, and other fees and expenses which cannot be ascertained at this time. So here are all of our expenses, and they list them out, and then they'll have a line that says, and other fees or expenses which cannot be ascertained at this time. So stop and just ask yourself, well, what was the point of disclosing in the first place then if part of the disclosure is, and we're going to charge you some more, but we don't know what it is? Because you see, it's those other fees and expenses that cannot be ascertained. That's where the trading costs come in. What they're saying is, we don't know how much we're going to trade this year. So we don't know how much the cost will be, but there will be a cost. Well, the, the sad part is that if people want to get knowledgeable about their fees, where would they go to look? Where would they discover what fees they're paying? Well, there are two or three places I could suggest. First, I think you should start with your investment person. Now, you're likely maybe not to get a straightforward answer. And that is often because that person just doesn't know. When I was trained 27 years ago, nobody ever taught me this. I didn't know that there were any trading costs associated with a mutual fund. 
I didn't learn that those things existed until many years later when I was doing research for a client on a portfolio and I discovered, I just stumbled onto these fees tucked away inside of his investments. And since then, I've learned how to get this information. But if I were you, I would start with my investment person by just asking them. And if perhaps they don't know, then maybe you call the 800 number on your statement and you ask the person who answers the phone. And if they can answer, don't let them give you just a turnover rate, because a lot of times that's the, what they would want to say is, well, the turnover rate is 0.7. That's the percentage of the fund that gets bought or, bought or sold in the year. What you want to know is what is the cost of the turnover expressed in percentage terms. So you're not asking the turnover rate. You want to know the cost of the turnover. And if you can't get the information from the person who sold you the investment and you can't get the information from the person on the 800 number, that's really kind of a bad sign. Of course, there is a way that you can get that information, and it's by engaging someone like you or me, Eric, to help ferret the information out because we know where it's hidden. We know how to find it. And every client that we engage gets a fee and performance analysis on their existing portfolio so they know exactly how much they are paying. So, Barry, we started the conversation talking about that there's three different kinds of investment firms and we've gone over the brokerage and we've gone over mutual fund companies and we've learned about their fee structures, but we're still missing the third one. So fill us in here. What is the third? Well, that's the one we were talking about, the registered investment advisory firm, often called an IRA. I know I said that wrong. Can I rewind? Often called an RIA, registered <laughs> investment advisory. It does get kind of funny and confusing how in our investment, our, our, so our business, acronyms. we deal with IRAs, all the time. And that's not the Irish Republican Army, which, by the way, if you're old enough, you know what that meant. But these firms are called RIAs, Registered Investment Advisory Firms. And that's the type of investment firm I use personally. It's the type of firm that I recommend that clients use. Those firms do not charge any commissions and they don't receive any 12B1 fees. Instead, they are simply paid a fee for their advice. And that fee is either paid by the client through a check or a credit card, or the account holder can give permission for the fee to be withdrawn from the account that's being managed. And that's most traditionally how it's done. Now, these fees range from on small accounts, maybe a couple of a percent to less than 1% on multi-million dollar accounts. I would guess that a typical average might be about one and a half percent for the services of a registered investment advisory firm. And those firms will typically then use investment vehicles like stocks, which don't have any additional fees in them, or maybe they'll use exchange traded funds called ETFs, which might have an internal charge ranging from 0.1, a tenth of 1%, to 0.5, a half a percent. Let's just say that they had a quarter of a percent on average inside of an ETF. So if you had an account with an RIA firm charging one and a half percent, and then they were using ETFs, your total cost might be about 1.75% with no additional hidden trading costs. And the, the nice thing here about that is that, not that anyone in the industry would do this, but because it's a, just a, it's a standard fee, regardless of what is being invested in, it, it really makes things pure and simple as to there's there's no incentive to invest in anything that might kick back more fees. That's exactly right. There's nothing hidden there. And whether you go left or right, buy more of this or buy more than that, the fee is exactly the same. So the fee is for the advice, not for the investment that you happen to have purchased. Now, Eric, there's something I think people need to do in regard to this topic, I think they should dig into the fees they're paying. 
And I think they should get really straight answers. And those answers should be backed up with documentation. Don't just accept what somebody tells you. Ask them to show it to you. And you're going to have to accept the fact that you're going to pay fees, but you have every right to a clear explanation of what those fees are and how and where and when you are paying them. And once you know your fees, then the question really becomes, are you getting what you're paying for? You're paying a fee, so are you getting performance from your investments to justify the fee you're paying? Or are there lower cost, lower fee investments that might historically have higher performance that might do a better job for you? Now, the reason this is so important I want to bring back to your mind is because over an investment lifetime, the lifetime of an account, 10 or 20 or 30 years, your fees can mount up to $250,000, $500,000, dollars $700,000 that would be lost in your account because of fees you would never know it. You are going to lose some in your account because of fees because you have to pay fees. But it's important to be sure you're managing those for their lowest expense possible. And that starts with learning where you're paying fees, how much you're paying, and knowing that because you can't manage what you can't even find. So if you don't know where to begin and you would like our help, you can always reach out to us by going to our website, savingyoutaxes.com, and we'll talk with you about how to carefully analyze your fees, the mathematical impact on the growth of your account and the taxes that you pay, We'll even do a retirement cash flow analysis that will show you your income and your taxes every year from the date you retire for the rest of your life. It's all a part of the consulting service that we offer at savingyoutaxes.com. So go to the website at savingyoutaxes.com. And while you're there, go to the big green button in the upper right-hand corner and click on the menu where it'll take you to see all of the podcasts. And then be sure that you subscribe to the podcast. And if an episode is particularly helpful to you, share that episode with a friend. Eric, I usually end the podcast by saying, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. But in the last podcast, I ended it by saying, even if you got the taxes right, but you fail to understand risk and learn to protect yourself and your retirement against risk, then nothing else matters. And I'm going to change it once again today. And I'm going to say, as we close this edition of the podcast, that if you get the taxes right and you get the risk right, but you fail to plug the hole in your investment bucket that is leaking out the fees, then all of your effort to save, invest, and plan isn't going to matter. I'm Barry Watts, along with my host. This is Eric Burleson. And we'll see you again soon on the next episode of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. The information discussed in today's podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to influence the transaction of any security. Before investing, you should consider risk, fees, and remember that past performance is no indicator of future results. Consult the registered investment professional of your choosing when evaluating any investment.